Christopher's Powerhouse of Diversity, sponsored by TheOneRadio.com and the Pembro Berry Brew Coffee Shop, right in the heart of the Medical Center, 7271 Wurzbach, Suite 119, San Antonio, Texas. This podcast has three parts, A, B, and C. So let's continue with part B. Now, now let me ask you both, um, and, and even, you know, Tanya, while you're, while you're sitting here too, um, and, and Lisa as well, when I grew up, I grew up, my father was a, was a policeman. He was a detective in Westchester, Pennsylvania. He was the first black detective, actually, in, in the town that I was born and raised in. My mom was a hairdresser, had her own shop in the, you know, the back of our house. So needless to say, we pretty much knew everybody, and everybody knew us. My dad was a pretty popular police officer. So I know that things weren't perfect as a child, but I felt as though I was given everything that I needed to try to live the best life that, that I can. And so I completely understand with both of y'all mm-hmm. with, you know, having that loss. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad passed about 21 years ago. My mom passed almost four years ago now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an adjustment. And part of you wants to just give up, throw in a towel, say, you know, forget it. Uh, oh, is that another pour over? Yeah. Oh, running that fresh coffee, baby. Running that fresh coffee. Okay, sorry. Hashtag Pendleberry Brew. Uh, okay. <laughs> the fact that I always had their unconditional love and unconditional support, for me, that helped me to continue on even after they were gone. I do struggle from depression on a daily basis. Yeah. And One of the things is is that, well, for me, it's like a legacy. Yeah. Like my, like my dad left a tremendous legacy with the people that he was around. You know, we worked with youth. Uh-huh. And so, like, when, fa- when my space was out, you know, yeah. there was a little spark part of my space that had my heroes on it. Hmm. And I would go through the things and the kids would have pictures of my dad. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, that is so real. Like, this is your heroes of everybody right. in the whole world. Who's your hero? And Thomas <laughs> J. Cleaver Jr. was their hero, you know? Right. So to me, I was like, I need, I want that legacy because these kids are 12. So even though my dad passed away, if that kid lives till they're 88 and they continue to talk about my dad till they're 88, mm-hmm. yeah. then he lives on till that. And then right. if he teaches, this is what I was telling one of the kids the other day because they suffer from depression mm-hmm. because my dad's gone. I said, you have to teach your kids what my dad taught you. That's how you keep them alive. Right. And then you had, you see, y'all go camping and you go birding and all the things that we did with him mm-hmm. and he just continues to live on. And just imagine if your great, 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 great granddaughter or kid is talking about Thomas J. Cleaver Jr. Mm-hmm. They've never met him before, right. but there's but a lesson did. that they learned. Well, Thomas J. Cleaver said that when you dig the vegetables, you got to go this way. My, my people at Penderbury said, you got to pour the coffee this way because that's how they taught me how to brew this fresh coffee and that practice goes on and on and on that's why we know how to do it today mm-hmm. with with the coffee that you're drinking right now you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah. and that was somebody's daddy or mama and that <laughs> name just keeps on going and right. so we spend a lot of time learning about names and history of who made the lights and who made this but mm-hmm. there's people in history that made our everyday yeah you know stuff and that's where it comes from so the fact that my parents were there literally when i was alive they were there mm-hmm for me the whole time and then them not being here they're still here and I gotta make mm-hmm. sure they're here and I gotta make sure that that legacy of Cleaver and then when you hear it and you know it mm-hmm. you know God was involved you know that we loved people you know that we was that we was here for a purpose mm-hmm. yeah. other than that I'm good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everything else is just extra you're like check <laughs> <Right, right. laughs> it's just sprinkles on top yeah. so Tanya now what, what is it that you do exactly in this in the business world in the business, business world, world. Mm-hmm. so in my vocation Mm-hmm. In life. So I work with 
electronic medical records. Okay. So I work with med schools, large hospital systems, and install and configure those systems and head up teams to do that. So if you think about the day when you used to go to the doctor and the paper chart came out and he wrote everything down, now you go to the doctor and everybody's on the computer. Mm-hmm. Those are the systems okay. that I work with. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. So like now... Have, I'll be messing up my, my checks and my, where my ass is <laughs> and if I don't have... I can figure them. I don't put them right uh, Now what it says here... To remove her lungs. No, doctor. Don't do that. Don't remove my lungs. Now, have you, where have, and this is for anybody to to speak on, have you ever been knocked down so hard that you did not want to get back up? After the parents' death. Is that that when it happened for you? I mean, it's happened a couple of times, really, but, you know, dad, the mom and daddy died, and that was, that was, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you have a lot of emptiness, a lot of emptiness Mm -hmm. in that. Um, I think, though, death is kind of, it's kind of, uh, because you also know that the person wouldn't want you to do, you know what I'm saying? So you're like, my daddy wouldn't want me to do this. He wouldn't want me to do this. So I can't. So I think that that didn't knock me down the hardest. That's actually what lifted me up to make me keep going. Mm -hmm. If I can pinpoint the thing that hurts me the most, that makes me want to quit, that makes me say why, that makes me uh, is people mm-hmm. and they mouth mm-hmm. and they're people saying stuff that's not true mm-hmm. or they just come they just come up with you know nonsense <laughs> right. or whatever if you could say gossip or rumors or mm-hmm. just people man non supportive people that don't people that don't do anything that talk about us exactly they get on yeah. they yeah, make me want to just quit yeah. like. For real, I mean, in, in, in so many different aspects of it, because you could you could give somebody your last dollar and somebody got a problem with it. And I think the no. part about that is <laughs> yeah. usually it's the people that like you feel like are your people or that you are yeah there that got that your back to for help. Real. Like you think yeah. those are the people that would support me and know what I'm getting going mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that are like knocking up against you. Yeah, wow. yeah, and, yeah. And it just makes you want to quit sometimes. Like, and you know, I mean, there's times where I've just been like, really, like you do something, you do so much for somebody, mm-hmm. and they turn around and you know, just trying to knock you all the way down. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people send email like, emails to clients because they was mad because I told them, no, you can't do that on the station. We're about this, not about that. Right. And then they go and because they couldn't do what they wanted to do. They uh-huh. want to go and send, uh, you know, nasty emails to all of our hmm. customers and, and just stuff like that that just makes you want to be like, why do we do this 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 thing? Right. You know, why do we keep on trying to help people? Why do we keep trying to give a voice? When when we have things, and, and I know it sounds harsh, but I'm going to say it, when we have things like our directory that we print that is mm-hmm. freaking beautiful yes. and, a, and a, an app that over 4,000 people have downloaded and mm-hmm. a website that all these people go to and, and we offer advertisement for $25 and then people will be like, but I mean, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Is it this? Is it woo? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you throw money at white folks. Let me be honest. You throw money at people that don't that you don't know that that you don't that have done you wrong. I mean, how many people still ate bluebell ice cream after it killed folks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, after they yeah. after they, t- they closed down all the stuff, they done took bluebell off of every shelf. And you went and took that, spent their money, but but I gotta beg somebody to spend twenty five dollars with us, and we give you a platform that nobody else is giving you. Right. And people are in the corner like, I wish. I wish we had a radio station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish we had a way to market our business. And I'm thinking, good God, what do we got to do? Yeah. And that stuff right yeah. there makes me want to quit. Yeah. It's like, dang, dude, because if I charge you what it's really worth, you're really not going to do it then. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Go try to get something printed up in, a, in an all-color magazine that goes over San Antonio for $25. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll wait because it's gonna take you real quick to get back here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like having to deal with that mm-hmm. is is very stressful because what I know is is if we all came together, mm-hmm. and everybody was on board and we supported it and did it, right. man, our voice would be so large. Right? See, Antonio couldn't shut us up. Oh, 100%. They couldn't shut us up. If every every black person, Hispanic person, whatever in the San Antonio that we want in our community had the app downloaded, it would take us two seconds to tell them whatever we want to tell them. Uh, Every black person and Hispanic person meet at this corner for hundred dollars. <laughs> but you know, but that's the same thing for businesses and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. If we had a million people with the download, Pendlebury Brew, if I sent one one text that takes me fifteen seconds to do, what's ten percent of a million? Right, right. What's one percent of a million? You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have business. And the perfect example is when as soon as I got here, I was like, Oh, I forgot to tell Lisa. So I sent her a text. I'm like, Hey, uh, Podcast Pendlebury Brew, twelve o'clock, and she's like, "Oh, I'm right in the medical center. I'll be right over." Right, and I mean, so if somebody simple. just happens yeah. to be around, or whatever. Or you know what? I heard that a couple of times, or I saw that in the magazine the other day. But the thing is, is it takes a little. Everybody give a little, and we can make a huge platform. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it just feels like nobody. And so it seems. So basically, and and I think I get what you're saying is that it's it's almost hard, you know, because with our community, okay, with the with the with the African American community here in San Antonio. I mean, I spent 10, 10, 11, 12, 13 years, I don't know, on a country station. And I enjoyed it because, yes, I do like country music. I like all kinds of music uh, for the most part. Uh, But... You know, we had, you know, with the, with the company that I worked with, with, uh, you know, Clear Channel at the time, we had one station that was R&B, which was um, KSJL. Yes. And so I would help out a little bit on that station, too, because I was the only black radio personality in the building. Right. You know, of all six stations. So, um, so I was the one that had to help out with KSJL. So next thing you know, KSJL, they just took it off the air. It was gone. Yeah. And so now, San Antonio left with no R&B radio stations at all. Mm-hmm. So then I know people started to you know, try to come up with their own radio station. I remember Kathy Claylittle, who I used to work with at KSJL. Uh, may she rest in peace. God, I miss her. She was, she was just really good to me. And she really inspired me because she was just so, so smart and loving and intelligent. But she also wasn't afraid to tell you what she thought right. about certain things. And she was also very accepting as well. Then I know that she tried to start off on another station, like an internet station, or people tried to raise money for that. But it was hard to get people from the black community to contribute. So I know that that's something that we struggle from is, okay, how do we get people from the black community to contribute to our business instead of maybe other businesses or in addition to other businesses? And, and it's not instead of, it's in addition to. In addition to. to. You know, no one's saying that all you got to do, you, all you can do is buy black and no one black. Ain't nobody saying that. Right. What we're saying is don't just not do it and be purposeful in it too mm-hmm. because one thing leads to the other. Now, you know, we get real, real deep about this whole situation. We're we, we going to talk about why people don't get out and vote and they don't register to vote. Why when um, a, a black man dies in the streets, you know, all you have protesting but you don't have this so you have this. Mm-hmm. You can't get people to come together. You've got all these different issues right in the community but the bottom line is that it's because of what we do every day. Mm-hmm. What we do every day. So these things are not a habit for us. Oh, right? yeah. So then when you ask me to do it once a year, once every four years, I'm like, eh? and it doesn't <laughs> actually benefit me. I'm like, eh? you know what I'm saying? Right. But what people don't realize and what I don't, I, I, I'm trying to get our community to realize is America 
it is run from wealth. Mm-hmm. Wealth is what runs our America. Definitely. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there's no way around that. The only thing around that is mass people and takeover. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're all going to get together and take over <laughs> the government so it doesn't be run like it was, like they did the Moors back in the day. Mm-hmm. Or we can acquire wealth. Right. Okay? And I heard and I heard you talking about that. I think it was at your birthday party with the Jazzed Up Friday at a loft hotel. You have to. And you, have you to said start we, we, you know, we all, someday we're all going to be together. We're all going to be millionaires. Yeah. But we can't do that if we don't invest in each other. So oh. so the thing about it is, is that it starts it starts with that. And I always hear, well, why should we do this? Why should we do that? And black people have to explain stuff. And it really upsets me. So my thing is, is a black person will say, well, if you come and you and you come here, you help my kids go to school. You know, I can I can afford to buy my kids clothes. Like you're helping feed a family, right? This is our this is our help a help a black family feed their family. Go support their business, right? People look at you like, so you trying to get me to feed their family? <laughs> Who you think you feed when you go to Jack in the Box? Somebody's family. Somebody's and not only are you feeding their family, you just bought their yacht. Yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Every hmm. time you pull into McDonald's, you done bought somebody's car. You done bought somebody's yacht. You didn't just. When you go to a small business, a Pendlebury brewery, you didn't actually help somebody go to school. You didn't actually buy somebody's uniform. Like it's more personal. You are literally helping a family directly take care of their kids. When you go to a corporate organization, every time you spend money, you done bought their leisure equipment. Mm. Yeah, that's why now. <laughs> Tell now, me it ain't true. It's true. It's true because now we switch to supporting local businesses. Yeah. You know, I could buy something from you, and yeah. whether you buy it back from me or not, I don't care. The thing is is that we're supporting everybody's business. Yeah, because you're you know? supporting the big man's yeah. business all yeah. day long. So then you weren't exactly. then you want to worry about taxes and tax tax breaks and 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 different people of why they're elected and why people vote certain ways because certain corporations want things to go through so they can build buildings on certain oh, yeah. land and things like that. So this is why people get elected. I mean, it's it's real it's beyond. And then we even talked about the other day on the show, voter registration, that's how they pick your juries. So if you're not registered to vote, then you're not going to see all these black people on juries to make sure that people get, go to jail when they kill black people. Yeah. But black people don't want to register to vote, so you can't be the voice of mm-hmm. America and the mm. ju- judicial see, and that's system. That's something I didn't even know. I didn't know yeah. that. If you, you can't. Can you can't. That's, you, you, that's how you get. That's how they that's pay how jury they, duty. Wow. So in a place where the guy just got off and the, the jury was eleven to one, yes. and the one dude said, "I'm not. I'm not going to convict no cop." Now, mind you, they had already dismissed some jurors, but you only have so many jurors to pick from. Right. Yeah. So in somewhere that South Carolina and one person. The entire jury was black yep. mm-hmm. in a place where you can't throw some and not hit a black person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That means that half the most, the majority of those people are not registered. Not registered to vote. To vote. So now we're back again to the mm-hmm. next situation. So again, if you want to mobilize, if you want to change, you have to do something. You got to change. It's it, it's more than just coming to small businesses and stuff. It's purposely doing things mm-hmm. because I want you to sit down and I want you to watch the thir- thirteen documentary. The uh, director of Sama is yeah. created the documentary. Yes. Oh, and, really? and, and, and it shows okay. you step by it's step. On Netflix now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. About the 13th Amendment and how they use that law to bring black people down. And yeah. this is people telling you out their mouth, yeah. this is what we did to criminalize the black person. Oh, yeah. And we did it so mm-hmm. well, we did not just make other people scared of them, we made black people scared, scared of each of other. Yeah. 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 So a black person that. will lock their door when they see a black person on the street because they did that on purpose. Yeah. They talked about how they set up meetings. All right, everybody, get in your car. We're driving to this location. We're getting out the car. We're unlocking the door. We see 
sitting there, we getting our sandwiches, and we gonna talk about how to bring black people down. Yep. So that's why it's so important that we purposely go shop black <laughs> on purpose, like for real. Like today, who did I? Who who black did I buy something from? Because hundred and some years, however many years ago, not even that long, they purposely figured out how to not get somebody to buy sell something to you. Yep. So it, it's that it's, it's that real. So I think people need to go further and realize it because that we. I, I got mad because a small black business closed. It's our fault. Yep. They said, Nika, why was it our fault? We supposed to keep it up. Then they start going on. Here we go. Well, there's nobody to advertise to. There's nobody to <laughs> need advertising and promotion. I said, all right, <laughs> this is what I want you to do. I want you to first name one Hispanic restaurant on the east side and actually tell me their name. I know seven of them, but I can't tell you their name. All I can tell you is the pink building, the yellow building, and the one on the corner. The one that I go to every day to get a taco. When I walk in there, 80% of their clientele is Hispanic. They don't have no advertisement. They don't have no commercials yep. on. They don't have no nothing. Their community is keeping them open. Mm. Yep. Yep. Point blank. They're not keeping me away. They're not saying, oh, no, negritas. You can't have a taco. No, they're saying, come in, negrita. What kind of taco would you like? And everybody else is And already. everybody else has got their tacos already. <laughs> you understand? But we don't do that. We say, oh, but it's not our responsibility to go keep that place open. Yes, it is our responsibility. But we used to, so if you think we about used to. your father, your grandparents, or whatever, we used to know that. Yeah. I mean, this is not, we don't this have to reinvent, reinvent mm-hmm. the wheel. We spent generations doing that on our own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, because we made we our responsibility. Not, and we were not included. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already so we were had not included. To. So you, we created our own thing. We had to. Mm-hmm. And we were successful and we built towns and we built banks and we built universities and we built churches <laughs> on the money that came in the door from the community. Exactly. Right. So it's not reinventing the wheel. No, go back and talk to your parents. Go back and talk to your grandparents. Talk mm-hmm. to them about the day before everybody was living on credit and paying the big companies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When they all put their pennies together. Absolutely. I think it's a mindset. You talk about, you know, the advertising and how you offer advertising and you try to keep it so that people can really use it. But it's a mentality. It it's a mentality of understanding that a little bit adds up to a lot. Yeah. People mm-hmm. don't even do that in their own bank account. You're right. People can't even buy a That's car. what I'm saying. That's why it's so hard for us to, to buy a TV. Yeah. They, be, they buy it on credit because they want it now. Yeah. They don't save up for it so they stay in debt. Yeah. The mentality of a little bit adds up to a lot. I it's think not in our ours. community is lost. It's lost. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what's so bad about it? Because you're exactly right. Do you know that like a lot of people will go out to try to get loans or, oh, yeah. or credit and stuff and they get denied? Now, mind you, most people, I don't care what color you are, has bad credit, especially leaving out of college oh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. You and know, that's we what they wanted. And that's what they, they wanted. It was all set up they for that, right? That so now the, all the programs that are set up that help you get through that, what they're looking at is do you pay your CPS bill on time? Yep. Mm-hmm. And people can't even show that they pay their CPS bill on time. No, so and it's three, that's the mindset. And that's the mindset. The mindset. <laughs> and so you're exactly right. I mean, my it's dad not, shows me he still has the registry from his checkbook when he was 11 years old yep. mm-hmm. that there was one thing he wanted to buy. He made <laughs> a, a nickel a week and he deposited that nickel a week and he's got every entry on there of when he put that money in there and when that bank account equaled what he wanted, you saw him take all that money out, yep. he mm-hmm. bought whatever he needed and he closed that account out. Mm. Wow. 11 years old. Mm. Wow. I'm just saying the generation is what totally changed different. That. It's a it mindset. Is. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and of course, you know, it, our, our dads and our moms in there, they wanted it a little bit easier because they went through hard times, so they wanted it a little bit easier. But I think we have just took it to a whole other level oh, right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, it's just a whole other level. And that's why I say it is our responsibility to keep restaurants open. It is our responsibility to keep these places open. It is, it is, it is. Because these are the people that live around us. These are the people that your kids are going to date. It's important. Interesting that y'all say all this going back to how it used to be because 
because honestly I was just in Ireland and we drove through it's just nothing but countryside we came across little towns mm -hmm. there was no Sears there was no no nothing I didn't even see a McDonald's I didn't even see any fast food places there were all local everything they have their own butcher mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and I was like this is so very homey it was so welcoming to be in a place where I'm sure they all knew each other or you'd ask them, oh yeah, we'll just go down, you know, two stores down and, and that's there, you know. You didn't see no big name grocery stores mm -hmm. taking over. It was just a little convenience store mm -hmm. and, and it was all very close knit. Yeah. And that, great we don't have here. that. That's People don't even know their that. neighbors. We're losing And, oh, and that's bad. Like, yeah. And you know what's so funny about it is that people not just not know them, they turn their nose up like, I don't know them people. I'm like, okay, hold up. Y'all I realize you live on the same street wow. which means you probably have the same economic status which means you might you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. oh, yeah. there's nobody's better than the other person when right. you're next door neighbors yeah. Yeah. you know what now, I'm do saying you think that, like, so, do you think that it's because of people stereotyping all the time because I mean I know that me growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in I mean I grew up uh, half a block up a street from the projects so I wasn't in the projects I was a half a block away from the projects oh, and and I don't know if like because of that more coffee oh cookies. you can cook cookies, cookies. <laughs> I want a cookie, I think. You want a cookie? Yeah. People would stereotype me, and I'm talking about people from my own community, from the from the black community. They would assume that I was rich, which I wasn't. Right. I was really smart in school, which I almost didn't graduate high school. <laughs> I felt like my own community was trying to keep me down. Yeah. It ended up for me, a lot of the people that I were friends with, grew up with, uh, that I was close to, ended up being white instead of mostly mm -hmm. black. I felt like I wasn't accepted by my own ethnic community. No, I, I totally you know disconnect. I, mean? I think that's from being disconnected. Yeah, in a well, way. you know, yeah. and, and definitely economic because that's me. You know, my parents had money growing up. Yep. So I went to the private school. I went to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, it, it's definitely, I mean, economically, people are going to judge automatically. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just... From the, all the way from your clothes to what you eat to, mm -hmm. to how you shop for Christmas, like all the, the every stat category in the world, you're gonna fit into that whole right. one once they put you in there. I think that the separation from the community and the togetherness and everything can, comes from two things. One, it's not everybody's fight. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about back in the day, and, and, and the community and everything T. Rochelle said always best everybody was a slave you know in, in a sense everybody mm -hmm. was fighting the color issue everybody yeah. was called, right. being called a it didn't matter if you lived on the north side or the east side or whatever the case may be right. and then at the same time everybody really lived all in the same area yeah. you know what I'm saying so yeah. it was no driving across town or doing anything your community was right there yeah. so it was easier to be a community and rally people up mm -hmm. so before the issue was pretty much the same racism we're all dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the issue, which I always say, is more of an economic issue, right. not a race issue. They throw that race on there to keep us separated. Mm -hmm. right. But in all actuality, it's an economic issue. And I prove my point by saying, whenever you see an innocent black man die that is wearing an Italian cut suit, standing next to his Porsche in his Italian leather shoes, holla at me. Then I'll change my stance. Huh. Mm -hmm. But none of those black men, innocent black men are dying. It's innocent right. black men that stereotype a criminal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the that, NFL guy that just got shot, but he wasn't wearing, he wasn't in his point. Porsche. So, he wasn't, <laughs> my point. Uh, he wasn't. But he wasn't, so you couldn't there was, see him You could not 
see that outside. because it's all it's all outside. Right. So a police chief got stopped by his own police department. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they were like, but he was a police chief, and he got stopped in the police department. And he, I said, right. And what was he driving? A black suburban. Care if it's new or not. It's a black bourbon. That's that's, that's all day. You know what I'm saying? He was driving that. He had on his white T-shirt mm-hmm. with his ball cap. ball cap on and his Jordans and tennis shoes. Yeah. That is a uniform for gangsters. Yeah. Huh. Nike, Jordans, hats, tank tops. That is now your ghetto uniform. I don't care what kind of car you in. I don't care. Nobody. There was another executive dude that got stopped. He was upset. He was sitting on the corner mad. What he have on? Jordans, shorts, his cap to the back, and a white shirt. You might, but you're not You're not in the uniform, boo-boo. Because yeah. I guarantee you, yeah. if you was in your Italian cut suit. They wouldn't have stopped you. They wouldn't have stopped you. And, you, and, 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 and the reason why I'm telling you, and I'm so confident of this, because yeah. I haven't seen the story yet. <laughs> She's all looking. And that's so funny you bring that up. I was just watching mm-hmm. OJ Made in America in oh. the tape of the police officer. He was like, if it's not a, you know, if it's a black man, he's not driving a Mercedes-Benz Porsche in a, an Italian cut fitted suit, then nah, just pass him mm-hmm. by. Don't even worry about it. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and people will say, well, yeah, well, they get harassed and it's not like, you're right. But they're not dead. It's about mm-hmm. the money. You understand know, what I'm saying? Because yeah. you, understand, you, know, you know what I see as a cop or anybody on the outside walking up to somebody that I'm about to arrest or whatever the heck happens, Joe word against mine, first of all. Right. Hmm. You ain't got no money. How, how you buying a lawyer? What lawyer you getting? Coin appointed lawyer? What's happening? What's your intelligence level? Right. Do you even know the law? Do you even know that I can't do this? Right. If you in an Italian cut suit, your first thought is you do have a lawyer. Uh, okay. You do know the law. Okay. You do know what's supposed to happen. <laughs> so let me take my white ass and go back to the cop car. Right. Hmm. Or just harass you. You supposed to be here, sir? <laughs> do you live here? Woo, woo, woo. And they take your ass back to the car because that's what happens. And that's the truth. So how do we how do we make change? Because here, Pristyle has special goals. She she wants to own a bakery mm-hmm. with a bar. And I want to go to that bakery mm-hmm. with right. a bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is it that helps you, Christyle, to keep going in, in that direction instead of just throwing your hands up. Reading. Reading? Reading. I reading. hate to read. So no. tell me what is <laughs> You know what? That's so funny you said that I hate to read. I hate it to read too. As a matter of fact, um as a as a kid, I was horrible at reading. English was my worst subject. I was at a fourth grade level of reading in sixth grade. Huh. And my grandma, my cheap pay for me tutoring like top notch and I I remember I came home from high school one day and everybody opened the door congratulations I was like what's going on (laughs) I had made honor roll for the first time and I was like okay and but it was about reading so um even in college you know I didn't I you know of course you had to read because you had to do your homework but Afterwards, I still have all my college books. I still have all of that. And my mind is like, okay, this is going to give me knowledge. If I read, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And I always say that to myself. Even now, I'm like, you know what? I'm not reading enough. Mm -hmm. I read, like, you know, news articles, what's going on in the world, you know, somebody getting gunned down, somebody come up missing, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but not reading for knowledge not reading for skills mm-hmm. so that's what I've started to do mm-hmm. um, so I've gotten books I mean anywhere even your local bookstore you know or um, mm-hmm. even you know online or wherever you can get the books I just started reading so I wanted to learn more about wine so I got wines for dummies huh. um, I wanted to I have to, that book <laughs> yeah um, I wanted I to book. <laughs> I wanted to learn about selling radio mm-hmm. and to small market businesses wow. I bought a book 
for wow. to, to do that you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying it's very simple very easy you know may not be in today's technology but it's the concept is right. still there you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. um, I got another book 12 ways on how to make your business um, worth millions hmm. you know that was a penny <laughs> right, right. but still it was just the my mind thinking like hey let me get these books I'm gonna read them so I can gain that knowledge and to me that is most important and also being hands-on too you know mm -hmm. you um, going places where you can um, develop those skills you know I tell myself all the time like uh, you know if I stay on the mic I'm always progressing I'm always okay. getting better mm -hmm. you know even with my show prep, I never, I never <laughs> wrote show prep out of all my years in right. radio. I might write notes, you know what I'm saying, here and there, but I actually have a format written down from 10 a.m. Monday mm -hmm. to 1 p.m. on Friday. Yeah, and it's <laughs> funny you say that because, say. like, all my years in radio before, like, I've never really did any show prep. I yeah. just show up, do my thing, go home. But yeah. now, being on the one radio, it's like I have everything written out for, like, the whole week, and, and it's like, I, you know, got my clips over here and yes. stuff like that, and I'm like, yes. where does this come from? You know, like, what? but oh. it helps, and, it, and, and in my mind, I was like, man, this helps out so much, so when the next week comes, I'm just taking out and added more and to me it's just also about just staying like I said earlier just staying focused but it's about it's about what you love to do mm -hmm. you know to me that's, it that's never matters it's not about the money right the mm -hmm. money will come Mm -hmm. It's about what you love to do, if and that, that's all that, that matters. That only broke people say that. But, <laughs> I mean, so then I repeat: it's not about the money. It is about the money, but it's not about flashy, being, being flashy, being getting rich. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. you know it's going to come, but it's going to come during hard work. It's going to come for mm -hmm. yeah. you know, press, like being determined, being focused, and. That, I think that's where my mind says, like, you know what? I may not have it now, but I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm and that's the, that's the thing about it, is to me. you got to get it. Thanks for tuning in to Christopher's Powerhouse of Diversity, podcast number three, titled Making It Happen. We just finished part B. Go to the next link to continue with the final section, part C. Christopher's Powerhouse of Diversity, sponsored by TheOneRadio.com and the Pendleberry Brew Coffee Shop right in the heart of the Medical Center. 7271 Waters Box, Suite 119, San Antonio, Texas.